Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of the Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. The Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue to look at the themes of the holiday season. In particular, we'll be looking at how Jesus' arrival makes this a season of peace. In Luke chapter 1, verse 79, Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, prays about his son that he will guide our feet in the way of peace. We know that John the Baptist's role and uh, and his ministry was to bring people to the Messiah and make that path straight and clear for them to have access to the new king. As we reflect on Zechariah's prayer, we want to look at scripture as our guide to the way of peace. Peace is the absence of conflict or stress. And that can be true in our relationship with God, uh, our relationship with others, our relationship with the world, and even our relationship with ourself. Uh, Peace is having absence of those conflicts that create stress. The Greek word that gets translated peace in scripture means to join or bring together or to reconcile. And scripture commands those who follow Christ to live in peace. Romans chapter 12 verse 18 says, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 says, Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And those verses speak to uh, not being the source of conflict with others, uh, whether it is with God or within ourselves or with other folks. But peace also deals with the feelings that are associated with the lack of conflict. We usually define peace as the times when everything's going my way. But we also understand the concept of being at peace. Peace also deals with the feelings that are associated with that lack of conflict. Now, conflict often leaves us with feelings of being unsatisfied or restless, having some kind of inner turmoil. Being at peace is not feeling those uncomfortable emotions. And that's what the Apostle Paul writes about and promises to spirit-led Christians. Feeling at peace is a result of cultivating the Spirit's work in our lives. God wants you to be at peace in your heart. Here are a couple of verses that speak to that in Scripture. First John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. See, that speaks to those feelings associated with peace. Uh, the absence of conflict uh, generates these kind of feelings, and God wants us to experience that. Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 16. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. So since God wants us to have that peace in our heart, let me make a couple of observations about being at peace. 
First, we need to remember that it is absolutely impossible to have every person, every idea, and every circumstance to be in absolute agreement. It is impossible to have total harmony in every aspect of our lives. Because of that, many of us focus on the areas where there may be those conflicts, and we try to manipulate an outcome and create peace. That's not the same thing as being at peace. Sometimes we're not at peace because we don't know what's going on. And and we try to find comfort even in uh, a passage like Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, where Paul talks about a peace that passes understanding. And when we read that, typically we think that uh, we're supposed to grab hold of a peace that we just don't get. We don't understand it, but we strive to have it. But it seems that in this verse, what Paul is saying is that peace is beyond comprehension. What he's saying is that peace is greater than understanding everything that's going on. We struggle feeling peace when we don't have all the information. But Paul says being at peace is greater than knowing why things are going on. Also, there are times we have difficulty feeling at peace because we're struggling with the wrong enemy. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. One reason that we're not at peace is we've picked a fight with an enemy that we're not supposed to be battling. And then other times we're guilty of making peace with the world and then finding ourselves in despair when we're not at peace with ourselves. Peace with self comes from peace with God. And if I've made peace with the world, but I'm not living out my purposes in God, there can be a disruption of that peace. And because we're at peace with the world and not at peace with God, we're often guilty of trying to negotiate terms for peace while God has actually asked us for unconditional surrender. What we need to remember about being at peace is that to be in conflict, we have to join the fight. Sometimes we find ourselves not at peace because we're a part of a fight that God did not intend us to fight, either because he wants to fight it for us or because it involves things that we shouldn't be involved in, that they're not part of what he's called us to do. So it seems to me that in most cases, if we're not at peace, the reasons fall into one of these four categories. One is that we're worrying about things that don't matter. Another is our expectations are unrealistic. A third might be that our desires don't align with God's will. And a fourth is we don't trust God to keep his promises. If we're not at peace in our hearts, we can probably look at the circumstances and categorize them in one of these four categories. But it's not just to identify why we're not at peace, because scripture tells us that we must pursue peace. First uh, Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 10, says, Whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Similarly, Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, 
and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. We're told in Scripture to pursue peace. So how do we do that? How do we go about achieving this peace that's promised? How do we get this peace that is better than understanding our circumstances? How do we achieve a peace that uh, lets us be at peace within ourselves and be in line with God's will? I'd like to share with you some practical advice that I feel comes from Scripture. And, And one of the first things that I think we need to do in pursuing this peace and chasing after it is to challenge false or self-defeating beliefs. Now, we have a responsibility from Scripture to not hang on to everything that comes our way just because it sounds good, but we have to challenge any belief that is false or self-defeating. If you look in Acts chapter 17, especially around verse 29, uh, you see there uh, the cases being made that God doesn't always behave the way we want him to. And so we have to be careful about expecting God to act the way we think he should. We should be willing to let God do what God does and accept that. If if I expect God to act the way I want him to, uh, that's a self-defeating belief because he is going to do what he needs to do regardless of what I want. Paul writing to the Romans in Romans 2, 4 basically tells us not to take our blessings for granted. If I see good things in my life and I dismiss those, I see them as unimportant. The things that I don't have are more important. That's a false belief. That's something that's self-defeating. God says he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. To feel like we want or need more is a belief that needs to be challenged. And in doing so, we can find greater peace. Paul also says in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, that we shouldn't think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. That false belief can be self-defeating, can can keep us from feeling at peace because we feel like we deserve more or are entitled to more than we really do, and that creates a conflict within ourselves. So my first piece of advice, challenge any false or self-defeating beliefs. The next is to develop more positive self-talk. We often can tell ourselves very negative things because we're dwelling on what we feel like we're missing rather than what we have. Often, the circumstances that arrive in our life, we feel like we're a slave to those circumstances. But according to Galatians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, I'm not a slave at all. I'm a child of God. So whatever the circumstances are, I have God on my side and I can navigate those circumstances. I am not a slave to them and do not have to succumb to those circumstances or be defeated by them. Also, Peter, writing in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, tells me that I am a chosen member of a holy nation and I serve as a royal priest. Now, I need to remember that about myself when I feel like that I've been defeated or I'm worthless or useless, and these things are contributing to uh, a lack of peace in my life, I need to remind myself, tell myself the things that God says about me and know that I have value. Peter also says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, that even if we suffer, we're blessed. 
And we need to remind ourselves that just because we didn't get our way today or in this circumstance doesn't mean that we're not blessed beyond measure. And we need to remember those blessings. Focus on what we have rather than what we don't. It will increase our sense of peace. And then John writes in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. When our circumstances seem overwhelming, when it seems that defeat is imminent, know that the one we serve, the God that is within us, is greater than the one in the world. We cannot lose a battle that has already been fought and won. We have told that we are more than conquerors in Christ. We need to remind ourselves of that and experience the peace that comes from it. So we challenge faults and self-defeating beliefs. We develop a positive self-talk. And a third piece of advice is to develop replacements for our negative thoughts. It's not enough to just get rid uh, of the bad things that we think that bring about a lack of peace and maybe even anxiety. We need to replace the bad thoughts with good thoughts. I think about Philippians chapter 4, from verses 6 through 9, uh, where Paul writes, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. See, even Paul, writing 2,000 years ago, knew that we could be overwhelmed with negativity. That, that negativity can often breed negativity. And he says, get rid of those negative thoughts. If you want to be at peace, if you want to achieve this peace that goes beyond our own understanding, it's very important that you replace all the negativity in your life with positive things. And he lists uh, all of these characteristics that, that have value. And we should be looking at the things in our life that have those and embracing them and dwelling on them to feel a greater sense of peace. Another piece of practical advice is that uh, we need to realize that we're going to have to be exposed to the things going on in the world, the good and the bad, the beautiful and the ugly. We cannot avoid all of the things that can potentially disrupt our peace. We're going to have to be exposed to things. Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 through 11, basically, we're going to have to deal with evil people in the world because if we don't, we have to leave the planet. There just is no way around it. We're going to have to be exposed to those things. Think about it in terms of having a phobia. If I have a fear of heights, uh, we're often told the best way to overcome that fear is to face it head on. And very often our lack of peace comes from not dealing with the things that disrupt the peace. And, and so they're always a trigger for us. 
In John chapter 17, when you look at verses 14 through 21, one of the main points that comes out there is that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. Just because we live here and and things go on around us doesn't mean that we have to experience them the same way other people do. There are things that we can know that will help us through our circumstances. And that leads me to the last piece of practical advice. Make sure that you gain knowledge that will help you cope. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, You can cast your cares on God because He cares. We can take these things to God and come to an understanding of Him and His will and His desire that help us navigate these things. And so even when the world is falling apart around us, we can be at peace because we have the knowledge that will help us cope. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says that in every situation, God works things together for good for those who love him. So it is important that we hang on to God and our knowledge of God. We increase in that. We increase in our knowledge of his advice and his commands of how to navigate the world that we're in so that When the rest of the world is crumbling, we can feel at peace. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.